0: Welcome to Tribe of Two, the officially unofficial podcast for The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 3, Episode 3, Chapter 19, The Convert. Uh, Aaron, what'd you think of this episode? You know, it
1: wasn't anything like I thought it was going to be. If you'd have told me that the third episode of The Mandalorian was going to take two extremely minor characters from the uh, obscure past of the Mandalorian and flip the keys to 40 minutes of this episode. Uh, and it's going to be gripping and compelling and interesting. I'd have been like, bullshit. But I actually <laughs> really thought this was cool and made me really want to know more about the what the New Republic is doing and uh, more about the uh, the uh this this uh communications officer
0: elia elia
1: Eli, i think I- I- uh, I- elia yeah she's played by katie o'brien who we recently were impressed with uh her performance as Tora in ant-man uh and the wasp quantum
0: oh okay she's the warrior woman from that
1: yeah i am realm? even okay like, I, I know there's there's been some like there's one consistent and i i'm gonna talk around it because of spoil, spoil spoilers but there's consistent piece of casting for an upcoming series that we've been wondering about and i i would like to again throw her hat into the ring again for that role um because I think I think she's she's fantastic, and uh, you know she's half of what held the episode together for me here. Uh, but yeah, I, I really like this episode. This is again, it's not war and peace or anything, but it's got a depth <laughs> to it that is somewhere between Andor and uh, your your average Mandalorian episode, which is where I like to see the show trending. What about you?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I agree with your assessment of this that part of this episode. I think it's very good. Uh, I was far more interested in what's happening with Pershing and elia Kane than I was, uh, honestly, what's going on with Mando, because there's not a lot there. And when we get Mando stuff, it's uh, mostly action. It's probably 25 minutes of action in a 30-minute episode, and the other five minutes is, you know, fairly interesting, but not, like, super compelling plot development. So this was kind of like, hell yeah, I'm I'm interested in this story i like the way they're telling it um this this kind of rebuilding of the government after and in the galaxy after the fall of the empire um what does that look like how do we deal with the massive number of people who were involved in ancillary ways with the empire's horrific acts uh can they be rehabilitated right um is the new republic actually any better than the empire there's there's so many like interesting questions that are raised and and Andor-like questions that are raised that I was very excited about that part of the episode. But I think this show overall is hurt by this episode. I think it's a mess. The, the, hmm. the Mandalorian, Boba Fett... Honestly, Star Wars in general has been a mess for a long time and this does it no favors. I don't think going off on this really weirdly disconnected plot in the Mandalorian is the way to go about this I love the Andor I loved Andor I think it's great and it's a part of Star Wars that I want to see more of I just don't if they had put Andor in the Mandalorian it would have been really weird and stupid I I wouldn't like it yeah
1: yeah I I have a hard time disagreeing with you there because um, if
0: I really love the stuff they're doing with Pershing here the more complex and interesting you know political stuff and social so society stuff I don't give a shit then about like baby Grogu making faces and shooting stuff in an in one fighter for 90 percent of an episode
1: well I'll say that I think it's interesting that um, I thought this was going to be a season of Mando coming to grips with boy the cult I was raised in is kind of limiting and is not the full truth and I need to kind of relax and 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 loosen up and maybe see other viewpoints that are valid um and you know probably going to do that through the lens of Bo-Katan uh what is Bo Catan C- yeah Katan, yeah Bo-Katan I want to say Katarn, but that's Kyle Bo-Katan <laughs> uh-huh. um it seems like instead they're going with Bo Katan seeing the value of this traditional faith and the power that it has, which mm-hmm. I'm not uninterested in, but I'm just extremely surprised by. It. And that's where I sure, think sure. Um, you're right. The the so far the Mando and the baby Grogu of everything has not been super interesting, but like I think what they're doing with Bo Katan, you know, her accidentally redeeming herself and becoming. You know, I, I and I don't know how I'll feel if they continue that through because like I don't know how I feel about like the show's protagonist being like, actually, this, you know, fanatical religion has some some strengths to it, you know. Um but I, <laughs> sure. I liked it and I think it was a little it's 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 complexity, but it's not coming from Mando and Baby Grogu. It's coming from the supporting cast. And I was also found myself When they flipped over to uh, Dr. Persh and and the communications officer, I'm like, where are they going with this? But then, like, 30 minutes later, when it flipped back to Bo and and, uh, Mando, I'm like, oh, um, I can't believe for 30 minutes I watched this thing and I was completely invested in it and I wasn't missing Mando at all. But when we flip back to Mando, I also didn't feel like, oh, this is a waste of time. Get me back. I was actually impressed that they were able to balance both of those things in a much better way huh. than they did ever did the Mando
0: Boba Fett, Fett yeah fucking
1: totally. disaster that they did last year so I, I don't know I, I, I agree I, with
0: that it just it feels like they're they're pulling back the curtain in a weird way I'm seeing the gears behind the Disney machine do you moving think a little that bit too much they are trying to
1: pivot like goddamn we need more Andor we have gone it, way too far into that, Boba Fett
0: maybe that but also just like we want everything to be so connected here that we are going to make what should be different shows part of the same show and we're going to force you in that way to watch them all because you cannot get the context you need from a couple of shots in a recap uh, previously on I don't think that gives you everything that three episodes with a character does right so you're going to miss some stuff from Boba Fett And this feels like a different show being put into Mando to set up the larger universe they want to tell stories in. I never suspected that. But now that you
1: say it, Katie O'Brien is a really brawny woman of action. They Uh had a brawny woman of action that got lost over uh, unfavorable political opinions. Mm -hmm. Is this going to be, uh, I don't know what the hell her name is, uh, communications officer, uh, Republic Marshal. Yeah, yeah it's going to be the Cara Dune replacement because like I didn't suspect that they were relaunching a show within Mando. I thought this was this is going to tie in because this is the doctor that was experimenting on Grogu and you know, it's they're obviously both working for Moff Gideon and I also did not see the twist at the end where she's I don't know burning this guy guy. There's a lot to talk about there. Oh I don't yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. I I if, if, and it turns out this is all just a stealth launching of uh, a Dune, uh, take two, I that might change my opinion, but I don't, it could don't be know. that, or it like could be the, it really well. the,
0: the throne of it all, right? We haven't like actually talked about, right? We, we haven't gotten the episode yet, but they're really heavily setting up that stuff, which I assume is going to be yeah. an entire spinoff on its own inside the Mandalorian. I, I don't know, but they they want to interconnect these things so that you have to watch all of their content and you have to stay subscribed to Disney plus that is the obvious, like I mean, pulling the curtain back showing you the inner workings of this thing. And I just feel icky when I watch something like that, despite liking the actual content in most cases yeah
1: and i and this might be the difference in our comic book backgrounds the fact that i have more of one than you that like this has always been a part of comic books that they're always trying to entice you sure. with, like oh captain america had an adventure with wolverine back in avengers number 2 do don't you want to see that and like most of the time I'm like eh, i don't give a shit everyone's while well, i would but like i always appreciated that there was this big interconnected universe that i could explore if i wanted to or i could just focus on my characters that i liked and i think that's Maybe they fucked up the balance, on, especially on the Star Wars side. I think they're doing it very well in the Marvel, which makes sense because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, that's in their DNA. But like on the Star Wars side, it doesn't feel like they are doing a whole bunch of optional things, and I have a certain core thread that I could follow right. back here. So, yeah. But on the other hand, if this is Star Wars going through a post-Andor reflection period of like, maybe we can do a little bit more adult, mature storytelling. Again, Andor's not even... War and Peace, right? And/or sure, it's like a PG thirteen, Cold War era spy thriller, essentially, right? Um, uh uh-huh. It's like I a Mission did. Impossible sensibility level of 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 all that kind of thing. Maybe even not that much, but if hmm. and I, I like, to, I would welcome them grinding the gears a little bit to try to interject this, and it might much more than I would appreciate the grinding of gears I felt during Boba Fett where it's like Power Rangers stupid Saturday morning cartoons versus you know something that's like yeah. maybe like like you know I get there's good and bad Saturday morning cartoons like uh you got gargoyles and then you've got uh fucking I don't know what what's a really shitty reboot right I I try to think <laughs> of like a, the, the my the my least favorite Saturday morning cartoon I'm like I can't uh, as a kid, I was an idiot. I liked everything, um, but and yeah, your parents never sat down to watch Saturday morning cartoons. At Go least Bot. my parents, GoBots. You sit down, you sit down. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're watching gargoyles, and then half through the gargoyles, they 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 interrupt it to start a GoBots episode. Some like off-brand Transformers shit. Like, what the fuck? Right. How disappointed
0: would you be? And and you know, your parents like maybe they love GoBots. You know, it's their fucking favorite. But the Transformers, they think are stupid. Yeah. I don't know in what world that would happen. But your but your parents aren't going to sit through t- six episodes of Transformers to watch the 45 minutes of GoBots that's interspersed in there, right? Like Yeah. I just think this is the wrong way to do it. Like if you want to <laughs> do this stuff, do it like Marvel's doing it. Uh make it unnecessary to watch the other stuff, but enlightening yeah. if you have. I don't know. Yeah. yeah I don't it's, know. It's... I don't make TV. Right. But if I did, it wouldn't be like this. Yeah. Well, kind of split decision on the episode this week then. No, I I like, that's the thing. I like the content of it, right? I I really enjoyed, like, the surprise of seeing Bocas being the one who might be changing her mind about things. I liked the she's the convert. Oh, my God. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. I I really, really like the Pershing stuff. I think it's not quite Andor level, but it is very good telling of a story of a government kind of like you know uh new boss same as the old boss kind of thing right mm. i think it's pretty effective um it's just the format in which it's told is a little strange to me yeah all right maybe we should get into the actual recap let's do it
1: do not remove your helmet we'll be right back
0: Here's what's new in premium content for our club members.
1: This week, Jim's away, so the producer will play. That's right, it's time for another fabulous lunch with Talitha and Aaron. Not only do we have an alternate host lineup, we also are doing it on an alternate day. Lunch will be served on Wednesday. All that, plus the usual bullshit for me, served live, or catch the podcast version out
0: later that day. We're about a month out from the kickoff of Badass Fest 6, so get your tickets now while available at baldmove.com live. Come watch an outrageously badass mystery film with us. Grab another snack and beverage from the theater's fully stocked bar. Then get back in your seat for a live recording of the accompanying podcast. Get more info and tickets at baldmove.com slash live. If you
1: want more Bald Move in your life, head over to support.baldmove.com to find out how you can get tons of bonus audio and video content, plus ad free feeds. this is the way. Back to the podcast
0: because here's more Tribe of Two. We start off in the minds of Mandalore. Mando is a Mandalorian once again. He takes a sample of the waters. Uh, Bo asks if Mando saw anything in the water, but apparently he didn't and she does not tell him about the Mythosaur sighting. Yeah. Why? Uh, I think she is a skeptic right now and she does not want to give him that card to play interesting that's what I'm feeling like she's not sure which way she's gonna go on this whole religion thing did it feel weird that she was seemingly unbothered
1: that that mythosaur might come up and try to eat them like it woke up and saw her yeah
0: Yeah, that was really weird to how she played it
1: very nonchalantly, but I guess she has to if they're going to do the whole. Because I think you're exactly right. It's kind of one of those things where, um, you know, she's the Scully and he's the Mulder, and Mm -hmm. it's one of those episodes where Scully fucking saw a vampire, but she's not going to be loath to admit it to Mulder because then we really see we saw a guy who liked who had pointy teeth. I saw I saw a pale guy with pointy teeth, Mulder. Come on, Uh come on uh yeah uh <laughs> so what he drinks blood you know that could be any number of medical conditions
0: uh right so yeah
1: i guess i guess you're right it's just like when it's like a godzilla sized monster that you came within 10 feet of and is still down 50 feet below the water and i don't know are mythosaurs mm-hmm. like i i guess i took it the mythosaurs are these famously vicious beasts that would be impressive for a mandalore to master but, like, maybe they're just actually really docile and easy to domesticate. Like Banthas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Mandalore was just the first of, of anyone that could have
0: done uh, it, but he happened to be the first one. And he just used his powers for evil, right? Or not, not evil, but for domination. Like, he made right. the Mythosaur violent and fearsome.
1: Right, it's the Pitbull commentary. Are Pitbulls inherently evil uh, and violent? or are, are they made, Are they shaped by their masters and mistresses? I don't know. Right.
0: I don't know, uh, but yeah, she doesn't want him to be able to hold that over her head religiously.
1: i gonna um, love it. to see everybody posting, uh, like all the Mandalores posting their cute pictures of their Mythosaurs and, you know, calling them velvet hippos or what. I'm trying to think what you would call, what's the cute, because like, that's what people with pitbull, and I, I actually don't, I have a dog literally in this fight. I've known a lot of sweet pitbulls, um, of uh-huh. course I've read a lot of news stories about them savaging children, um, I think there's probably a lot to that, but I'm, I'm just thinking it's really funny of like you know someone posing with uh, a mythosaur <laughs> and what would they call it? <laughs> what would they call it? My my fuzzy reptile thing. I don't know. I don't know what what mm-hmm. the what the velvet hippo equivalent
0: is. Uh, so they leave the planet and then they get attacked by tie interceptors. Bo runs back to uh, Kalevala. I think is the name of it. Uh, drops Mando off at his <laughs> ship. Together, they fight off the Interceptors, but then the bombers come in and destroy her castle. She gets pissed off, goes after the bombers, uh, but other Ties come in and chase them off, and they jump out of the area.
1: Yeah, somebody's uh, watched a lot of air shows, or maybe uh, Top Gun Maverick, because suddenly these spaceships are doing all kinds of atmospheric flights and hammerhead turns and Cobra... Cobra maneuvers and, and whatnot. Um, but it's, oh, yeah, yeah it's, it was sweet. I liked it. It's cool. I liked, uh, um, you know, him dropping in like air dropping with his, uh, jet pack. That's always cool. Um, mm-hmm. getting to see the N one boogie down was really cool. You know, it's, uh, it's star Wars. So they got to have it. There's, and there's TIE fighters chasing a larger ship. So of course they got to go through a Canyon. Got to find the Canyon. Got to drive mm-hmm. through the Canyon. Um, but yeah,
0: I I thought the it was uh, it it was it was is pretty cool. I'm trying to figure out who ship these are, and I don't know if it's too early to talk about this. But I think the show wants you to think they're Gideons, Uh some some remainder of Gideon's ships. Maybe he's escaped. Right? There's talk of that in this episode. Sure. Um, could it be something more? Could it not I be Gideon?
1: Don't but, know. But perhaps
0: a more fearsome foe. I
1: definitely guessed it was Gideon. I, that's my, you know, and I I thought it's like, huh, I wonder if this is Gideon. And then later in the episode, we are talking about, oh, maybe he got mind flayed. Oh, I heard he
0: escaped. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, he escaped for sure. Is this a red herring? It's possible this is a red herring, because like I said, we haven't oh, talked about really the, funny. the throne of it all. If he's just going to be a
1: uh, amnesty officer, oh uh, seven nine three, and he's running a chicken shack and Coruscant, you know. <laughs> did you have a yeah. satisfactory experience? Would you like an additional dipping sauce? Like, yeah, uh-huh. that's that's uh-huh. what that's what he's actually doing. Oh my god, that'd be
0: amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about um. What do you know about a guy named Thron? Is it possible that they're setting this up? His his complexion looks very striking
1: in a crisp white Admiral uniform for sure. sure. His eyes help too. I don't know. I mean, credit out frauds. Like I've lost touch with my love for him, but like to me, the air to the empire series, um, I don't know if I can really explain it to kids nowadays. Like the yawning cultural void that Star Wars left in our life, and it seemed like it's forever mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Like after *Return of the Jedi*, like other than I the, mean, yeah, the odd video game, like their toys yeah. were gone. You couldn't find underoos or jammies. Like forever and ever and ever until like you know in ni- you know when when they did the special editions in like '97. Then it's like then we had a modern era of Star Wars where just it's never left. Yeah. But there was like yeah. a decade there where Star Wars was like the Jedi. It's just like, you know, the ancient myth that needs to be rediscovered and uh Timothy Zahn's Heir to the Empire series was the lifeline if you were a Star Wars fan hungry for more and it hit me right when I was like 13 or 14 and <laughs> Grand Admiral Thrawn was just a great villain. He's uh, he's like think uh, one of uh, maybe the greatest Star Wars villain in my opinion. Um and I've never seen him in anything other than those books and the odd video game reference. And I would be, I, I, I would really like to see him in something live action because I get, I, I get it. There's probably a, a shit ton of cartoons that he's featured in, but
0: uh, I'm not gonna watch course, cartoons. Yeah, I'm
1: not gonna watch cartoons.
0: But, but I mean, not, the era to the Empire kills you. I'm
1: just not gonna watch them.
0: That was like the Andor of of that era of Star Wars, right? It was like something to be taken a little bit more seriously. As a work of fiction, um, whereas you would have stuff like Tales of the Bounty Hunters and and things like that, which were just kind of like side story candy stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Theron was considered, you know, mainline canon stuff um, mm-hmm. and and more complex, like slightly more adult stuff. So, right. I yeah, I'm I'm interested to see if they want to because for people who don't know, I guess he was the guy who was like pushing for reunification of the Empire after uh, the Empire's crumbling. um, Mm -hmm. After, like, the Battle of Yavin and and all that stuff. So
1: There's a whole lot of deep lore involving him that I don't know if we want to get into now. uh, I'm curious, why are you mentioning Grand Admiral Thrawn?
0: So so I'm wondering if this is not set up for him, because they're commenting about, like, how this Ah. must be much more than just, like, some rogue outlaw here with a couple of TIE interceptors because you get a whole squadron of them here
1: my only thing is like is she saying that knowing that moff gideon is locked up because he seemed like he was large and well equipped like it seemed like he could have a wing of tie fighters this big on board he that, could. you know it's not it, quite it, but a it, 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 that's or, why but i think a strike it, cruiser
0: or whatever yeah it could be a red herring though um, like yeah. you mentioned Moff Gideon in the same episode where you show too many ships for some small outfit and you're thinking oh it's Moff Gideon what they're really trying to do is surprise you with the Thrawn thing it, yeah. it, just for this time period it would make a lot of sense but right. we'll see Um. anyway the Coruscant we go over to Coruscant is now it-
1: does it it strike you as odd that the Mandalorians have so many not just habitable planets but beautiful planets like when they're taking off from uh, Bo-Katan's castle world it's just a beautiful planet like Mm -hmm. have the Mandalores really not figured out a way to move forward from the destruction of their primary homeworld? like I get Earth it would suck if Earth was destroyed but it would suck a lot less if I had hyperspace capable ships and Mars was a lush jungle planet and Venus sure. and 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 uh, uh, Earth's largest moon was a habitable planet. And like, mm. goddamn Mandalores get your shit together. You know,
0: <laughs> come is on. It, is it that there just aren't enough of them? Like, they, their whole population fucking... has been decimated. So I don't know. I don't know why they all put all their eggs, all
1: their mandos, in one basket. You know, they again, they had these lush, hospitable worlds they could have colonized and spread out. Before yeah. they even had hyperdrive, living in caves. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're like this, like this vast galactic diaspora. When you could go back to the Mandalore home system, you could that bathe too. in the light of your ancestors, like Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like um, it sounds like maybe a case of ignorance. Like maybe they don't know. Because everybody's well, like, oh, it, the waters of Mandalore are gone, and, right? And there's also this deep religious significance of it all. It's like,
1: you know, totally. like Bo-Katan's planet's bullshit because it doesn't have the living waters and it doesn't have the minds of Beskar and the Mythosaurs never... I mean, I could... Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's the answer, right?
0: Yeah, they're too superstitious to go somewhere else and thrive. You know, Mythosaurs are
1: real, Jim. How dare you it's true. dismiss it all as superstition and, and hokey religions?
0: Ancient blasters. It's my... That's my way. I don't want those modern blasters. I want the ancient blasters. Yeah. Ancient uh, weapons. You know, the ones that the Galactic Police used just 20 years ago. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. Let's get to the the good part of this episode, in my opinion. Uh, Coruscant. I got to say, I love seeing Coruscant in this episode. It's glittering. It's shiny. Uh, it doesn't have all of the episode one, two, three baggage. Like I yeah. can jettison all that from my mind. It doesn't. It's not weighed down by that garbage. Yeah, can we
1: say the Coruscant's a cool location? Like very it's, cool. We, we have it, it. We gotta. You know, we don't like it because it's all associated with the prequels, and you know, we're old Gen mm-hmm. Xers that don't matter anymore, and and we're just cranky about everything. But uh, yeah, I think it's a cool like a city, a city planet. You know, mm-hmm. like the like uh, look, Coruscant, the whole city's, the whole planet's a city. Like that's a really cool. It's it's really cool, and it's seeing, like we spend so much time in the outer rim, in the backwaters, in the rural, in flyover country in Star Wars. That it's really cool to see the core, and also yeah. to see like the. I don't know. There's some bad things about the core. Mm -hmm. You see in Andor, and even this, like the 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 leadership of the Republic seems like they're a bunch of fucking idiots, a bunch of privileged. Like, what do these guys know about the lives of moisture farmers on the Outer Rim, or people that are suffering in Hut Space? Like, it's it's a lot more believable to, to know why the New Republic tolerated some of the shit they did when you see the leadership on Coruscant.
0: Oh, right. I mean, they, there's a mention of the Outer Rim here and they're like, oh, my God, it must have been so awful for you right. out there on the Outer Rim. Oh, mm, right. what a terrible place. to, Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, there's some privilege here. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, Dr. Pershing gives a speech talking about how his research was misused and he's eager to do some good with the New Republic. He's congratulated some by some of these higher ups in the New Republic than... Driven to amnesty housing by an especially chatty droid. Um, do, do you want to talk about this? I, I kind of don't know where to stop because this story doesn't cut. Well, yeah, some, I want to talk about... Um,
1: so, I think it's weird that they are referring to these amnesty people by their na- like names and numbers. Yeah.
0: Like it's very or Prisoner or
1: 24601, you know, like... Uh-huh it's literally dehumanization they have names they remember their names what is you ut- this this seems like it's coded to be evil you know but it's like every time you think like oh this is evil someone in the new a new republic uniform be like relax son this ain't the empire you know like, we're not gonna right, mind right. flay you we're gonna therapuse you we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and it's like but you're calling him e679 or whatever like what the fuck mm-hmm. he's got a name um I I don't know. Yeah. Um. And then you've got the again the leaders of Coruscant, the rich and powerful, that one guy who's like, oh, I could have been drafted. Imagine me drafted. That was at the Empire, dear. Oh, who can keep track? Republic. Like, mm-hmm. the, and and the fact that like Coruscant has uh, has been unchanged throughout this whole process. Right. You really get the idea that like the capital city of the Empire or the Republic never really changed much during the rebellion during the Empire,
0: like and then the people who are in power here don't care that it changes all they care about is their status right like as long as they're comfortable maintain it yes yeah they do not care if it's the empire or the new republic or people are being stripped of their names and dehumanized or whatever or if it is it's like it's
1: it's at the level of like some kind of minor politics, like, Oh, it's a shame that's happened. It's It's not the thing to talk about over dinner, right? The empire is very gauche and they're unfashionable and, Oh, and you know, but like, what do they do? You know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it is a huge disconnect there. Um, And I like that stuff, right? That's, that's Mm -hmm. telling me an interesting story about uh, the people involved in this government and how things might not be much, if any, Rosier on the other side. And you can see a guy like Dr. Pershing sees
1: these people, how insincere they are and like, damn, you know, like what a culture shock it must be because this is better than the Empire. Right. But like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, uh, you know, what, what is it? what's it like being told to de- by these people that you're so brave and such an inspiration? What? Right. What does that mean anything? Yeah. You guys are like de declawed
0: cats. Uh, <laughs> when they're telling no teeth, you like, like, you know, essentially, I I probably dodged a draft or two. In my time sure sure so so that's that's what you want to tell this guy yeah yeah um so he yeah he's taken back to amnesty housing he's introduced to one of his old shipmates here who he worked with uh on moff gideon's ship who we'll find out is alia i don't i don't know if we've ever had her name before but i remember her from previous seasons Mm -hmm. she was in she was serving on board
1: uh moff gideon's ship before luke skywalker came to wreck shop
0: right uh, all these people in the amnesty program claim they want to serve the new Republic and they drink and chat for a while, asking him what he misses. He says, travel biscuits. And later that night, <laughs> travel biscuits are delivered to him. Anonymous, anonymously. <laughs> those yellow cakes, Dr. Pershing, those are urinal
1: cakes. You're not supposed to eat those. It was just supposed to, <laughs> oh, supposed to freshen ones. up your, your
0: recycling unit. My God. Oh God. No, <laughs> oh, I didn't think of it uh Um, one thing i noticed that they're doing here to make this feel star warsy is they're drinking stacking shots essentially stacking cocktails Uh uh-huh is this because coruscant has an obsession with towers and skyscrapers and and building i never thought the cultural because it makes it it's like man
1: drinking night is is precarious uh, the more you drink, sure. the more instead you get. The taller the stacks
0: get. It's, yeah. I hope those lock together, not just like... Surely. Yeah, right? You have a whole a party with 12 bound. people. Uh-huh. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of funny. And and I, I like it, ultimately. I think it adds a little bit of exotic uh, quality to the drinking. So, mm-hmm. yeah, stuff like that's cool.
1: Are these people... So they mentioned that the, the Imperial officers are mentally conditioned, and there's a lot of lore, and that, like, almost everyone in the Empire is some sort of brainwashed, right? Uh, like, s- explicitly so the Stormtroopers, but it doesn't seem like anyone escaped the mental condition, the brainwashing. Doesn't it mm-hmm. feel like the New Republic is just brainwashing them in a different way? Like, the fact that these uh, guys yeah. all have to end everything with, like, uh, you know, long live the Republic. Mm-hmm uh you can't even be like do you miss any you can't even talk about your fondness for yellow urinal cakes without someone hastily saying but it does uh, you know but uh, uh, the empire is terrible and the new republic's better um these people seem like they're
0: terrified yeah anytime there's there are cultural norms that are established that you're expected to fit into it is there there can be a kind of dubious element about that yeah yeah and you would hope that the cultural norms would be supportive of uh, quality life and helping people and and things like and that. There's, but there's also something about the plain, the plain
1: uniforms and the like very brutalist mm-hmm. architecture, government housing, and like it's very sterile. And it's like the new it's republic all the hallmarks means.
0: Of, of fitting people into a system. For of a people, and a people
1: who mean well and have the best of intentions, and how they've nevertheless engineered something kind of horrifying.
0: Uh uh-huh. huh. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, putting people into jumpsuits or uniforms of any type is putting them into a mind state as well, sure. right? It's control, yeah. it's manipulation of their mind. Yeah. Through these physical things, Um, so is repeating mantras. So, so is a lot of the stuff they're doing here. Yeah. Um. Is this is giving him the travel biscuits the equivalent of like getting cigarettes into prison? Cause it's my feeling that they're not really supposed to have travel biscuits. Well, it seems not, like anything. Not that they're contraband, like... but it's like, how did you even get these?
1: Yeah, like post-revolution, it seems like all Imperial Tech is mm-hmm. has which is interesting because in the expanded lore and the old legends, like there was Imperial Star Destroyers that were recommissioned as
0: new republic ships because that well, like, must, must have been there? a trip right you're watching you're sitting on a planet and suddenly you see a star destroyer roll in <laughs> what do you do right. shit yourself and, or
1: say yeah hi? And, and i can't remember did the republican rename them something like i i think they yeah like maybe they're not called star destroyers anymore but whatever like why would you <laughs> would destroy not. why would you demolish a star destroyer when it's a perfectly fine starship you know
0: sure.
1: uh, uh, you maybe it's... retrofit them to have less gleaming metal and black floors and more you know know uh bright spaces and little but 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 yeah it's like i it's it's weird that like in this post imperial era there's this almost like religious fervor to replace all the cogs with the republic symbol and to all Mm -hmm. the symbols of the empire even if they're like useful medical equipment if it's got the gear it's got to go we got to get maybe even shittier republic versions of it but there's this i i think it's extremely interesting
0: except when it comes to the official internal uses for government right like that's the weird thing to me is they bust out one of these mind flayers like pershing later identifies it specifically as the same machine right and they insist no 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 this is a a modulator or whatever he calls it um that just heals you Mm. you know yeah Yeah.
1: and whereas the empire used
0: it for torture
1: are they trying to make a big point, like like like, like post World War Two, the Nazis obviously, you know, for for a long long time were persona non grata, at, um, mm-hmm. but also we liked using their scientists to help get us to the moon. Like you know, there's a few sure. times where we'll whitewash a, a not you know something something fascist because it's useful to us. Are they trying mm-hmm. to kind of like gesture to that?
0: Yeah, I think it's another form of manipulation. Right, outwardly uh. they want to make sure that everyone feels like the new republic is violently opposed to the the ways of the empire but internally they're willing to use all the tools of the empire for their own ends yeah as long as 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 people don't know that yeah
1: as long as they can bless it and and sterilize it and make it okay and yeah yeah yeah
0: because like i said you imagine a star destroyer rolling up to your planet you're not going to open the front door and say come on in you're going to be fearful right so they can't Mm -hmm. use that stuff for their ships but they can use this internal machinery that will just rebrand you know I thought it was interesting they, they use this
1: word in humanopolis this is a science fiction term coined by a futurist back in the 60s to represent the idea of a city planet and there's like okay, various cool. scales of it like epiropolis is a continent sized city that like,
0: this... is just a gigantic sword city <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is this a Final Fantasy 7 reference uh-huh. that I barely get? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um I think it's in a lot of there I actually was reading a little bit about this and like there are um I don't know what you call them futurologists, scientists, what it's there are say that they think a lot of Europe might be an epiropolis by like this time in the 22nd century. Oh, damn. You know, like the cities will continue to expand and continue to connect through highways and trade. And there'll be less and and that'll just be like mm-hmm. an entire. Yeah. The entire Euro- European continent subcontinent might be a city in 100 years time, which would be a yeah. step towards Earth
0: being uh, a humanopolis. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. I could see it if we don't blow ourselves up or otherwise destroy society. Oh, yeah. yeah, I could see lots it. of ifs, lots of ifs. Uh, the next day at work, Pershing interacts with a co-worker. Um, seems pretty innocuous, like a normal office kind of interaction. That night, he's walking through an entertainment district when he's approached by Alaya. She asks him why he's not continuing his work here, and he says there are a lot of people who he wants to help. Um, uh, or, sorry, she says there are a lot of people who want to help. Uh, then she encourages him to break some rules a little bit. Says, uh, I I love this. I absolutely love this little detail of Um, Um Umate, the peak of the highest mountain on Coruscant being a small little boulder that pokes up through the ground level of Coruscant, the city. Did you know this was,
1: this was all, this is a lot older Star Wars lore than you think that this came. So I guess Ralph McQuarrie towards the end of his life did some pre-production sketches for the prequels. And okay. he came up with this idea of this imperial plaza that has this, you know, giant boulder looking thing in the middle um, that he in- conceived as like, oh, this is like, you know, the whole city's, you know, whole plans become a city. But there's one last peak that they keep like in this kind of protected park. Um, and that made it Amazing. into the pre- that made it into the special editions like the scene where, they're, is, is, scene where everyone is. Everyone oh. is. the scene where everyone is celebrating after. The, and they go to Coruscant and they're jostling a stormtrooper in the foreground. Huh. In the middle of that is this plaza. And I guess it's appeared in a couple of other like animated works and stuff. But like now it is. Um, and I, it's a great idea. It's a phenomenal. It makes me wonder how people are breathing on the surface of the, the quote unquote surface on this world. Like they might need supplementary oxygen masks or whatever. <laughs> but sure, what a great sure. idea that this is the last right. piece of land that you can see. Um, yeah. I even love the joke. Monument. I even love the joke where she tries to get. And it's also kind of cool when you watch it the second time of like her trying to get him to break laws. Uh-huh. And like, this is kind of like, you could see that as like a baby step of boiling the frog. I get you comfortably loosen up a little color outside the lines.
0: It's all. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Um, so she's clearly like covert operations here for the new Republic. Does she, or Moff Gideon? Like that's like, I think, yeah, Uh, maybe both. Right. Mm. Like the new Republic is, is using her, but also she's still loyal to Gideon. Um, does she has has the New Republic targeted Pershing because he's a person of interest, or is this something that they put all new amnesty program? Yeah, people through? it's yeah, it's kind like it of feels like it the Academy targeted. where they
1: spring a Kobayashi Maru or a laboratory on fire and you think everyone's dying and it's right. like the last test, right? Yeah, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know if he's like because like, he's also the only one we saw giving big speeches. Uh So, like, is the New Republic concerned with this guy in particular because of his training, because of his, like, that he would what? Like, what are they afraid of? That he might perfect non-invasive cloning technology that can help people's mothers not die of heart attacks? Like...
0: Yeah, I don't know what they're afraid of, but just Well, a obviously, test, right? they're
1: worried that 30 years ago an army made entirely of uh clones destroyed the galaxy, <laughs> you know. And, totally. Yeah, cloning and is a led big and led to the overthrow of the legitimate government. So like I I get it, but also, yeah. you know, it, it does feel like he's being targeted
0: because he's so he's so high profile and when i look at his speech it feels like lip service to me it feels like a guy who's been caught working for shitty people doing shitty mm-hmm. things and now as a way out through the through the good graces of the new empire the new republic mm-hmm. and uh their systems that they have set up to rehabilitate people he is paying lip service to the idea that he's not going to do these things anymore oh, see, because I thought- it's for the republic but like i thought it's so even my work stronger. is still valid
1: my work is still valid right yeah, yeah. no i thought it's even stronger the fact that he is actually trying he's evangelizing he's trying to change public opinion about cloning yeah 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 and maybe like, the new republic doesn't like that and so they're targeting it'd be him. like I... it'd be like someone in the 1960 or like uh like like a von braun was it uh Werner von braun comes out mm-hmm. after the apollo program and it's like uh yeah we got you on the moon and i gotta say I think you've been a little too hasty about this whole eugenics thing. Yeah, it kind of took it too right. far in Germany, but you know, we could prune the genetic stock. At the, like, yeah. yeah, it's like the he, new
0: one to one here. He's just speaking, he's spouting a bunch of eugenic stuff. Yeah, like Mon Mothma
1: right? is watching the live feed. He's like, uh, put, uh, hit the eject button on this guy. He's talking cloning. We can't have it. Nope. Uh uh-huh. uh-huh. no, no. Nope. I lived through this
0: <laughs> once. Fuck this cloning shit. Yeah. Totally. Uh, so later. Pershing is interviewed by um, A droid about the way things Are going in the program he asks If he would be allowed to continue his research And the droid says no When he returns home he tells Elia that he wants to continue his research anyway And asks for her help to get him a lo- Mobile lab station and some Supplies apparently it would Involve going out of their approved zones and he Decides it's too dangerous So she just tells him eh, sleep on it Think about it Yeah uh, this is where I really started to like This episode this vibe that I was Getting from the interviews With the droid and like The conditioning that's happening here The monitoring that's going on by the New Republic I'm I'm really Starting to get into this so much so that When they just go on kind of a Train heist um, mm-hmm. You know heist of thing I'm like kind of Disappointed they bring it back around by the end Of the episode because it's all you know Subterfuge they, but like yeah I, I really Like this part of the episode there is something Kafka-esque about mm-hmm.
1: a protocol droid social worker. Yeah. Right? Like, something yep. important in such a human interface. And you're just, like, it's, like, general-purpose AIs and robots will be really, like, extraordinarily useful in, like, nursing home applications and for social work and stuff like that. You know, for like, sure. this kind of soul-crushing, difficult work. But also, like, for the tar- the recipients of that care, what's that feel like that, like, mm mm-hmm. I got a robot taking care of me like I'm super important and I'm uh, you know people I uh, people respect and admire my bravery but I'm reporting the C3PO for my food stamps like I can't even get a republic
0: it, right yeah it feels like you are considered less than by the people who are administering this program right there's like there's a man juggling fish and selling glowing
1: popsicles uh-huh. in this square but I have to talk to a fucking robot About my psychological needs and desires. I, that's, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of wild stuff they're doing in the margins this episode that just set my alarm bells going off the entire time. Totally.
0: It's working for me and I'm excited about it. Do not remove your helmet. We'll be right back. This is the way. Back to the podcast. Here's more Tribe of Two. Uh, and then we go to another day where he sees that perfectly good imperial equipment is being destroyed and mm-hmm. he volunteers to show the new republic how to put it to good use his offer is roundly rejected and the next time he's interviewed by the droid he's asked to confirm um or he asks it to confirm that his goal is to help the new republic above anything else and the droid confirms that and so he goes back to Elia's apartment and tells her he wants to go get this mobile lab station and she says okay tomorrow night Yeah, and boy she looks reluctant in this scene right mm-hmm. there's so much going on with her face that I didn't notice the first mm-hmm. time around but the second time I'm like oh yeah she's kind of sad that he went through with this right yeah
1: yeah, and uh, I thought it was interesting, just like you know how wealthy Coruscant is. That like you know he's t- he's talking to a supervisor about, hey, there's this equipment. And the guy's like, look, buddy, we're de- we are dismantling the Imperial fleet, and we've got the like the old like the old lot. Now that the war's over, there's just a wash and shit. This is like mm-hmm. post World War II America, and there's just like too much stuff to count. There's dragging shit out into desert and storing it in mothball because who knows? Um, I think it's... I don't know. It's it's and and the fact that like. Well, it's Imperial tech and we're 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 behind keeping track of our own stuff I, I, I again I think they're doing a really good job of the world building here
0: yeah and I wonder how much this guy is clued in like does this guy know that they're using mind flares as quote unquote healing devices right in right. some other chamber in this building or right is he one of just the underlings that's bought into the same stuff that the public image of the New Republic is?
1: and it's like it's also like x-ray machines are kind of like a main mind flare because i'm sure if you turn them up powerful of it just liquefy your bones right but sure, sure, to the yeah. lowest level you can you know see if you got broken ribs and see if you have cavity in your teeth right i wouldn't design <laughs> an x-ray machine to be able to liquefy bones but right you know. but it's capable it's like you know it's like you've told someone 200 years ago it's like hey we're gonna beam some invisible thing that's going to destroy your dna and all but like if we t- add a low enough On doses it's just gonna be yeah yeah yeah, on principle
0: uh-huh. is capable of it I guess but
1: we're going to flood you with heavy ionizing radiation and a 200 year old person would say what
0: that's but, the thing uh, I don't know why they don't just limit the fucking knob on this thing like do you ever need to turn it up to 10? that's true if one is where the standard setting is somebody accidentally spills their coffee on this it's going to go yeah. haywire they're going to bump it with their elbow and somebody's mind's going to get flayed
1: like, if you went to the dentist and the the, the person that's taking the pictures, there's a dial that's set to one, and you're like, well, uh-huh. how does it go? She goes, oh, yeah, it goes all the way to, like, 50 foot from the blast of Hiroshima. Why? <laughs> Why do you have a button that lets you do that? Yeah. Yeah. Because the these are I think, a
0: circular saw to drill your teeth, and we're like, well, we're only going to use a, the the bare minimum of this. You know? I, I think that's a, that's the grim thing
1: is that these are literally mind flayers. They're not a different technology. They're just literally right. mind flayers with the f- imperial numbers. Sick, they're they're using the off. same
0: room, probably. Yes. Like they didn't move yeah. this machine. It's in the same fucking room where people were tortured to death. Yeah had their minds wiped out. I wonder if it literally is
1: like is this the same room that one girl was mind melted with the uh, tears of the orphan screams or whatever in season 1 of Andor? Uh, I know. it might know, literally that be the same set. place, but Okay.
0: But was the faci- Well, yeah. did they do that twice? Did they just do it to uh and- Andor? I don't
1: know. God, so, do you're going uh, to give me
0: an excuse to go watch Andor again, is that what you're saying? Maybe, maybe. They might have done it <laughs> twice. They might have done it in the field and also in in the building. Yeah anyway um the night of pershing goes with alia and takes train out of the district to the disposal yards where they should find a mobile lab station on an imperial ship um i love that as they're driving (laughs) as they're riding this train out of the zone she tells him that you've been eating food from a dump that's what i love she's she's mm-hmm. gone out and found these travel biscuits in the dump in a landfill and she just put the delivered them on your door to you it's where you throw urinal cakes
1: when you don't have enough urinals to put them in man i don't what <laughs> to tell you
0: by the way that stuff i gave you was literal garbage you've been eating garbage <laughs> i love it anyway it's um, like if
1: your best friend says you know what i love eating zest soap like you probably fish it out of a dumpster for him right because like the guy's eating soap what are you going to do Sure. Soap <laughs> doesn't get what, any what the, worse. The bar of Zest gonna get dirty? Well, yeah. fucking chew it up. Add some water to it, or you're gonna be fine. What it
0: was in the package. I mean right. so what it's in a dump. Uh a, a real George Costanza type thing going on there. Um and then the droids sweep the train that they're on. They're asking for tickets. Uh Pershing and Elia make their way to the back of the train. And when they reach the last car, they leap from the train and end up face to face with the star destroyer. Uh, I'm not sh- so sure I'm supposed to feel good about these scenes when they're laughing and enjoying themselves, even on first watch. Cause these are bad people, right? Yeah. Y- you know what it is? I remembered Pershing as a doctor akin to the scientist in the expanse. Uh, he's not Co- COTR? it was that his yeah name? Uh, oh that in, guy I,
1: that's yeah, the guy yeah. who's had to had his uh empathy center severed okay i thought you were talking about yeah. the, the pediatrician both of them oh no assholes in their way yeah
0: right um th- th- this is the equivalent in my mind and so when i'm seeing these people laughing together i'm not thinking oh yeah it's so fun and nice i'm thinking I don't want these people to necessarily be happy yet. See, I don't think that's a good characterization, of Dr. Pershing, because he's the
1: one that was know. very uncomfortable that, like, it's like that they're experimenting on this baby, and then the fact that it's probably going to lead to his death. You know, he was clearly uncomfortable, did not like that, but he's following orders. Yeah, so.
0: that's the thing. That only gets you so far with me, like, objecting in principle right. and then doing it anyway. Um, right, Yeah. Yeah, I don't view I'm him gonna as... I'm going to file uh, just... a
1: formal complaint in my log, but I will gun down this whole village of uh, innocent aliens if you tell me to, right? Right. I, I'm going to like strenuous object got... in the official report, but I'm I'm going to do it, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's not like he's got a family back home that the Empire was threatening or anything. Like, he's just a dude. Like, he could yeah. say no and sacrifice himself on the altar of what is right Although
1: they're when they're talking about mentally conditioning and b- literal brainwashing it's like there is an open question of like how responsible are any of the like at least sure. rank and file Imperials you know yeah like they're literally mind controlled
0: mm-hmm. but anyway uh yeah so then we see Pershing and Eli aboard the star destroyer uh she formally introduces herself to pin Pershing we get his full name here that I'm not sure we ever had. Uh, they make it to a lab and Pershing begins loading up on tools and supplies they hear some noises and they run away but they are caught by the new republic troops and it's revealed that Alia herself has been working with them and Pershing is arrested this was all there's a really
1: a really cool point in this where he's you know looting the lab and you, you I think as an audience are starting to figure out that she is trying she's betraying him like when she passes off this clear disturbing noises like oh, it's just a ship settling she steps uh-huh. back at this point when he asks uh her what did she want to be she like steps back and her like face covers in shadow like there is like a literal mm. darkening of her character happening here and i thought that was uh again a pretty cool artistic touch
0: uh yeah I, I, w- I was starting to to flag a little bit on this episode because I'm like, ah, oh, man, I was so interested in the stuff they were doing on Coruscant uh, in the heart of the city proper. Well, this stuff is taking away from it, but it comes back around by the end. And the whole
1: time I'm thinking, like, I don't know if I buy this show's excuse for why there's zero security around the Imperial Star Destroyer. Even if it's inoperable, uh-huh. there's got to be a lot of black market tech and stuff that you can ju- just just thievery you know just just uh-huh. just making off and, and you wouldn't want that right and I'm like man it's kind of stretching but then at the end when it's all a sham like okay none of the of retrospect none of those things are a concern but um yeah, yeah. I was getting a little like oh my god this is going to insult my intelligence real bad but <laughs>
0: which has occasionally happened especially in like book of Boba Fett so you can't swear it's not going to happen yeah but I was pleasantly surprised here uh at the, at the resolution of it mm-hmm um, and then Pershing's taken back to the HQ here. He's put into a Mind flare as a treatment for his seditious ways, I guess, um, to heal him, New Republic says. Eli decides to stay and watch, but she hits him with an extra dose of Mind flare just for kicks. Uh, what's going on there, man? She's killing this
1: guy, right? And eating his urinal cake to prove how deranged she is, um... Yeah, I don't know because yeah. like I thought I had like this episode kind of triple flipped me. I thought I had a handle yep. on it. Then it pulled the rug out and she's like, oh, so she's like some kind of fail safe to make sure that these guys are going to fall. And it's like, man, there's kind of all kinds of entrapment and all that. I'm not so sure about. And then, you know, she seems like kind of sad and regretful. And then the Twi'lek, the Twi'lek, uh, leaves the room and she just cranks that up to level 11. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't know. I, d- I don't know what to think about her. Because to me, like, if the New Republic wanted him dead, he would just be dead. And, like, is she yeah. some kind of, like, super secret double-plus loyalty test to see? I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm very interested to see where they go with this. And I hope is it's this... not just fucking Cara Dune, New Republic Ranger Part 2.
0: <laughs> but... Sure. I, yeah, there's a lot of ways you could go. I feel like... Um this could be an assassination mission from her. Like if she's thinking, Mm. I don't know if she's still in contact with Gideon, maybe Gideon wants Pershing dead. So the new Republic can't use his mind for something like, can you imagine like probably Germany would have wanted to, if, if they were still like, if somebody was mustering the forces of Germany, they'd probably want to kill a von Braun kind of guy. Yeah, so they, I guess they couldn't it. Yeah. use them during if the Goring space or
1: Goebbels were out there in fucking right. Argentina and they had the power to they probably just to fuck over the United States. They'd assassinate. The, yeah,
0: sure, sure. Totally. It could be that it could be that she is on board with the New Republic's mission and she views Pershing as a threat, dangerous threat. Yeah. and she is more willing to go to extreme measures in order to deal with that dangerous threat than the new republic is so she's kind of violating it in spirit but not you know take she's taking it farther than the new republic would yeah that's a no. possibility i i can't tell if she is true blue for the new republic or if there is some other force at play in her mind yeah
1: no, it's um. I mean, it happens sometimes when you have a society like um. It's like in fiction, like the whole thing backstory in Dune is there's this AI rebellion, and now there are no computers in Dune. Essentially, they've had humans, mm-hmm. the Mintats, replace that. And then, like a real world example, I believe is China was so traumatized by Genghis Khan and what the Mongols did to them that they essentially turned xenophobic and isolationist for centuries. Mm closed mm-hmm. society because they're just so paranoid that people from outside are going to come and kick their shit in uh that it can completely change them as and I again I, if that that might be a a pop history thing so by all means correct me at mando yeah. at baldmove.com. but it's like my understanding is sometimes shit happens that really leaves a profound and lasting kind of scar on a culture and maybe we're seeing that with cloning here in the New Republic cuz i could yeah. i could totally believe mon mothma this isn't the Gideon thing that she is. You know, I don't know if Mount Moth is running the thing, but whoever is said this guy is talking up cloning. I saw our rich idiots eating it up. We gotta nip this mm-hmm. in the bud. Yeah, mind And she's willing ass. to go
0: farther than b- because of her time right. with Gideon, right? right? And the time with the Empire, she's willing to do what needs to be done in her mind. Yeah, she can be reliable to do the dirty work. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of leaning that way, but we'll see. Uh, did you catch the Admiral Ackbar reference? Uh, that it was a trap. Scene? Yeah, I, I uh-huh. groaned. I audibly groaned when he said that. I don't know if it's good or cringe, but whatever. I just
1: love this folksy <laughs> Mon Cal being like, uh, uh-huh. "This ain't this ain't the Empire, son." I just, I just, wet, <laughs> his whole affect, uh, cheerful affect, is just strapping this guy through uh-huh. Mind Flayer. I really enjoyed. I got a dose of Mind Flayer myself. Oh so I felt yeah. pretty
0: refreshed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, then we're back to Mando and bo mm-hmm. uh, Mando takes her back to Mando HQ, the, the hole, the cave. Um, the covert
1: sh- is what their what their covert, the name yeah. of their their clan is, or the, the location.
0: Yeah, Mando takes her back to the covert uh, to show off his vial of mythosaur piss, and the armor examines it and proclaims him redeemed. Uh, surprise twist also Bo-Katan redeemed since yep. she bathed in the waters as well and also hasn't removed her helmet since and they, they set both... that up in
1: the first episode that like the, the armor is essentially saying it's yeah like this is, is uh, this is an unlimited loophole if you go fucking yes. do this thing then you're just cool no matter what and I yeah I like can that you, can you just carry case. the
0: waters with you can you have like a like a to mm. tank just full of the living waters on your ship and just go like every day. You take off your helmet in the morning. God, I would love to see a conclave of
1: like Mandalorians, like rabbis, trying to decide what is work on the Sabbath. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. what what constitutes bathing in the waters? If I get wet mm-hmm. behind my ears, do I need to fully immerse? If
0: do the if waters zero... need to be in the mines, or can they if, be if, anywhere? If, if
1: I get in a zero g environment and have graviton waves manipulate mm-hmm. to a one one molecule thick layer of water, although if is that bait? Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> totally. Uh but what, if, if I take a drop
1: of the living waters and I pour it into the ocean of a planet mm. does the ocean become the but yeah and then you've got a whole bunch of Mandalorian zealots is going around with flasks of living waters and pouring them in all the world's uh-huh. oceans and yeah I, I can see yeah that I actually think <laughs> that I mean because you can get so weird with religion man for sure I just can't believe these like yeah these Star Wars shows don't do more of this really weird shit, and I kind of glad that they're doing a little bit with Mandalorian.
0: Yeah, it's tough because I mean, you put anything under a microscope it, for long enough, uh, it probably breaks down with these systems of belief. So I, I, I even, don't think they would ever even gravity. make an episode. <laughs> sure, yeah, even yeah. even fundamental stuff that we think uh-huh. we understand, we don't really understand under the mm-hmm. hood. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think they'll ever make an episode like that. <laughs> But in my mind, my stupid mind goes directly to that. Yeah. It would have been such a Chad move.
1: It would been such a Chad move for Bo-Katan as soon as she says, uh, you know, have you re- <laughs> removed, <laughs>
0: just crack the seal and be like, uh-huh.
1: uh, <laughs> come to mention it just to like spit on their fucking beliefs. But yeah, right, she
0: didn't drink she the didn't. vial of living water. Yeah. Gargle, uh, spit. I, I, I love so the cultiest thing that happens in this entire episode. Oh wow! Because there's
1: a lot of culty things that happen in this episode.
0: Th- this and is not just culty- the mandos either. The love bombing. Mm. Like as soon as they're welcomed oh, back into yes. the cult, they, everyone descends upon them, shoulder pads and hugs yeah. and, and congratulations. Yeah, boy, they it's love like bomb both of them. Someone just got reinstated at the kingdom hall. Exactly. <laughs> exactly or somebody or somebody like has had a six-month bible study and they've shown up for the first meeting right like yeah oh and you can see it kind of working on
1: her like this like Uh all these mandalorians embracing her and she sees that they you know like they got this prominent the the mandalorian sigil in a place of honor and she's like god damn my people don't have this kind of loyalty my people don't have this kind of it's it's working on her a bit i find it
0: hilarious But true, hilarious, but true that you're saying like you can see this working on her because she's in a Mm -hmm. full helmet, like an Ah, inscrutable metal shield over her emotions. Mm -hmm. It still comes through. And I think this is like one of the brilliant pieces of The Mandalorian is they are able to, through subtle body language and very good directing, tell you everything you need to know about what's going on under the helmet. Uh, And this is one of those scenes because I feel it. I feel like her conflict here between, boy, I've got this attitude if I hate this religion stuff, but look at how appealing it feels, you know? Speaking of Bo-Katan and her helmet,
1: I was today years old until I realized that that's actually an owl painted on her helmet.
0: I suppose Until the, so. until the big
1: Mando came up and called her Night Owl, I'm like, mm-hmm. holy shit, that is a barn owl that's painted on her helmet. I can't believe I never realized that. It's a space owl.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very I cool. Like
1: not as cool as a Mythosaur. I'm surprised she went with the Barn Owl or the mm-hmm. over to Mythosaur. Um, but I don't know. I thought that was cool. I wonder if that's established in lore or like this is a Favre thing that he was like. Does anyone else get massive
0: owl from this? Yeah, I don't know. But that's it, man. Um, it's an extra long episode this week. Yeah, Almost and an we d-
1: I we do not have time to consider feedback because also we just recorded a. F- unbelievably three hour long uh feedback episode for the last of us i thought it'd be like two hours so we are uh going to have to flee uh there's six imperial tire interceptors on our ass we got to (laughs) go find a mando covert and we'll be with next week hopefully we'll have a little bit more time uh to consider They bombed the
0: feedback section they did
1: they fucking bombed my mailbag uh, only you can replace the priceless lore that was contained within mando at baldmove.com uh, we'll roll it up next week and uh, uh, yeah we'll double it and pass it on anyway yeah that's it we will be back next week to talk about more mando uh, until then I'm your host Aaron and I'm Jim Saint the Empire son